0: It's been a hard year. So much life has happened. I would like there to be less life next year and I can just exist. Um, But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing because that all of the goodness I have in my life is based on, on a foundation of making sure every day that I try to be a little bit better than I was the day before and a little bit more sober than I was the day before Um, because without that as my foundation, everything else is going to go to hell. Is there anyone out
1: there? From Darkness to Life explores the stories of real people who've navigated their way out of life's toughest situations, emerging with greater strength and resilience. If these stories remind you of your own journey and you or someone you know need help, our collective journey is here for you. Whenever you're ready to take that next step, reach out to us at ourcollectivejourney.ca.
2: Hey, welcome back to another episode of From Darkness to Life. We got Ryan here. uh, Introduce myself like I'm not myself. (laughs) It's been a while since we've been in the studio, but yeah, we're back. Uh, We have a guest here today from Edmonton, from the Great White North. And uh, it's a gentleman that got put onto us through our marketing director in Calgary, through Alana, and pretty excited to have Graham here today. Welcome, Graham.
0: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely, no. I, I'm very appreciative that you took some time out of your busy day. It sounds like you got a busy day going, so that you uh, broke free and created enough time to share, you know, some of your journey with myself and with our listeners and with Dave, the man behind the curtain here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I mean, I've told my story um, <laughs> a lot over over the years in a couple different places, and uh, it's um, it's always it always is always a gift to share it. So.
2: Isn't that um, the truth, right? Yeah. Eh? It's so cool. I love how you said that. It's always a gift to share it. And I don't know about you, but when I first got into you know this this new journey of life that I'm on, and I'm in long term recovery now. But when I first got into it, man, I was a little timid to share my story. I wasn't sure what people would think. And but like you said, now it's a gift. And every time I share it, one person if one person resonates with it, it's worth it every single time.
0: Yeah, and that's that's I think about that a lot because um, I know what at first it was it was funny. I think it happens to especially especially folks in early recovery who mm-hmm. you know have a maybe have a proclivity towards a large amount of ego. Oh, yeah. uh, it's it's you kind of want to shut it from the rooftops, and um, you're almost you're almost telling the story for the wrong reason. Isn't that the truth? And, and for that was something I definitely struggled with for a while. I had a few folks be like, Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. There's, there's the, let's get to the core of why you're talking about this. It's not, it's not for you. Knock it off.
2: Yeah, it's not uh, for you. I like that because yeah, there's. I know early on, I used to do that too. Man, this is so cool. I get to share my story in front of all these people, and yeah, it was for the wrong reasons at the start.
0: And that's and that's okay. I think in a lot of ways, it's all it's all like a part of a part a part of everyone's own everyone's own path. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, um, however, however you're meant to find, you know, your own level of sobriety is that's, that, that's your own path on your own journey. And some people's paths involve, you know, having a couple stumbles on the way and, and, and that's okay. Um, I mean, the, some of the best wisdom I've gotten from people are people who have you who have fallen off the wagon once or twice, mm-hmm. even after kind of getting things together. But I mean, I, I heard this a long time ago um, and uh, it's kind of cheesy, but I always really like it and that it, it's okay to fall off a wagon. Cause you know, it's a wagon it's full of a whole lot of people that will be like, okay, come on back. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's get back in here. Let's get going.
2: Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you're right. So many people, you know, fall off early on, especially early on. And I heard, you know, heard some cheesy stuff along the way too. And one of them was it's either a lesson or a blessing and and to distinguish between the two and le- take it as, you know, those stumbles are going to happen take it as a learning experience and let's not do it again. Let's learn from it and move on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, and it's so hard too cause I've, I've been really lucky. I've never, I've never had a, a relapse. Yeah. Uh, um, I've, I've, I don't even want to say if I've ever come close. I don't, I don't, i've had a lot of people kind of because i was very very open with my family and and my friends when i was close to and when i first uh when i first was like okay all right we're starting life number two now um i i i was really i think i was i was really lucky and found folks that that were okay with me being able to just let them know and and so it definitely made the early parts a lot a lot easier Yeah, yeah um but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of those feelings of shame still exist around too. Cause you think, you know, you, you know, it's almost programmed to kind of feel like, ah, oh, you're a failure. Or if you're, if you're coming back and restarting over when, you know, I always kind of, I, you know, Mike, like with the wagon thing, I always kind of hated that as an analogy. Is it, mm-hmm. is it a failure or is it just not your time yet? And now you just got to keep going and keep trying again. So I don't know, maybe I'm a softie, but I, <laughs> That's how I like to think about it. (laughs)
2: That's cool, man. I love your enthusiasm. It sounds like, you know, you're on the right path and your recovery, uh, your journey of recovery and, you know, has led to obviously where you are today, but it sounds like you're enjoying life. It's, you know, you hear so early on about, man, and I know I went through these feelings too. What am I going to do for the rest of my life without this, this or that in my life? And, and, you know, there's some amazing shit that you can keep doing.
0: Oh my God. I'm, I'm. I try really hard to constantly re- like try to remember how how truly like lucky I am. Mm-hmm. Um like this like the Table this year has been filled with some of the most um wonderful kind of material blessings. Yeah. Um like I, I was I bought my first house this year, which oh, is sick. Um something I never ever thought would happen. I mean, even um and it all it almost it almost didn't because when it came to like the final little bit of getting you know, like all the papers and signed off together, you know, my my credit was just my credit was so badly ruined from just years of of going like over maxes and overcharges just because I kept drinking and using mm-hmm. that, you know, even you know, some four years after getting clean. Um, cause I am, you know, I got clean in June of 12, of, of 2019. Awesome. Um, my credit was still recovering from, from, from the hell it kind of went through from, from being an active addiction and it almost didn't, we was really close to not happening. Wow. And, uh, and, and when it finally kind of pulled around and, and, and did, um, you know, it was, it was, that was a big, like, oof. This is a lot of a lot of big feelings, and and and, and got to make sure I'm putting my thanks in the right place, um, and and being, uh, grateful but not proud. Yeah, does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's so cool. And you know what? Early on, I heard you say, you know, you talked about how fortunate you were to to have a circle of family friends, you know, that that supportive circle you had and still have to this day. I'm sure, but how important, you know, being open and honest and how easy it was to be open and honest with that circle. And, and how important in your journey, do you think that was like, what a pivotal moment to have that opportunity to share that with people, knowing that, you know, you're not going to get kicked to the curb and, you know, in your experience, how important is that for you, for your recovery?
0: It's, it's, you know, it's mega, man. It's mega. Like the, the, I think the key is to, for anyone, cause especially like, you know, when you you no, no one's you know, no, no one's here because they want to be. You know, <laughs> no one's right. like, "Oh boy, here I go, hanging out with a bunch of other totally. sad, broken people." I or, can't wait or, to
2: burn my life to the ground.
0: Woo! I love. Wind it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 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 in a lot of that, a lot of that, in so many people's cases comes with like either family trauma or, or 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 what, and you can feel so lonely and so isolating, but. I have, even, even when someone feels so like, like totally alone, Mm -hmm. I, I am willing, I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar that there's, there's always one, there's always one person somewhere that, that has, has some love for you, whether that's, maybe that's not family. Maybe it's just like a friend. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's someone you can trust, you know, at work. Um, there's, there's always someone, else out, even when it feels like there, there isn't, yeah. um, uh, that that, that cares about you and wants and wants you to get healthy and, and be better. And, you know, having the, whether it's like, I did it cause I was scared and alone and tired of being so isolated, whether right. it was like cracking myself open, like a little feelings, like to go, hello, I am in fact, very soft, please hold me. Yeah. Or you know, just wanting someone else to lean on, I think is so huge, especially like really, really early on. Yeah, uh, and especially if you have like some pretty big points of trauma in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, almost trying to force yourself to like trust someone else um, with what can feel like a really big secret mm-hmm. um, is 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 a really special thing because I mean I also think it, it kind of it kept me accountable i mean as i as i progressed on and got um you know got got coins for however further on i was going you know i um i got a text from from my boss um because i i kind of you know cards and table i got i got found out i had been i had been drinking pretty heavily and and um and using a lot and i I work in radio okay and so me getting caught was my boss finding out from one of my coworkers that I was drunk on the air. Oh wow. Um and it was the night the Raptors won their championship. Um I had gone to an event before work. I had host like I had hosted it. There was an after party. I don't remember the after party and I don't remember going to work. And the next morning I had a friend be like, "Hey, were you drunk on air last night? Like what was wrong with you?" And I denied it. And then checked. I could check my my the, how long my breaks were on the from the show on my phone the night before. And my first break, which is normally like forty five seconds long, yeah. like maybe tops. I opened up my first one. It was three and a half minutes. Ooh. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you were drunk. Okay, cool." <laughs> hmm. Wow. And it was, I was really lucky. I was on my way to see my therapist anyway because I have that fun depression anxiety combo. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, that cocktail. So,
0: so see my therapist and. I mean she it's so funny because she had been dropping hints for probably like a year and a half. Like, you might be an alcoholic. Like <laughs> it
2: sounds like a Jeff Foxworthy joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind kinda, of, yeah. Not a little bit, but a lot more sad. Yeah. Uh totally, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I had either ignored it or pushed back on whatever it was. And um, you know, eventually like I broke down and I was like, I think I'm really broken, I need help. And yeah. she was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a problem. Huh? Right, and,
2: right there in that moment, how hard was that for you to say that to your therapist to, to say that out loud?
0: Oh, I'm not, I'm getting teary thinking about it right now. And yeah. that was, you know, four and a bit years ago. Um because I it's funny, so you have to fill out this little the um uh this little intake per uh when you go to the it's uh Calgary Counseling Center. I'm I still I'm still a client there. I'm fine. They're amazing I love them my, my, my therapist is still is still there which is so cool That's so cool um uh, so you fill out a little a little like, iPad when you walk in uh, letting know how like your emotions are like where on the scale you are and yeah. so it works just like a graph and however much like red on this graph you have and how high that red bar is, is how you're emotionally doing and I remember distinctly seeing my therapist walk in go to the printer like laugh talking to another therapist look at my page and just saw her face drop <laughs> I was like oh that's not good we sat down and she like just held up the sheet was like dude so do you want to start or wow uh, and I was like yeah I, I was I was wasted on air last night I don't I've I have i have been doing this a long time. I think I have a problem. And she was like As close to as close to as your psychologist can go to saying, Oh honey, you have a problem.
2: <laughs> I like <how laughs> put that. Was, was where
0: she was at. It was a good time. It was really hard. No. Kidding. I, the whole that whole I could like I can still feel because I remember I came home and the muscles around my eyes and my face were sore from like just crying in pain. Oh, wow. The brutal
2: unreal. That's a moment that you'll never forget. I bet. Hey, eh?
0: no, go God. No, no. That whole, that whole day is seared into my brain. Yeah. Um, for, for, for a couple different reasons is being, um, just, uh, just terrible. Um, cause I told my therapist, I got a text from my boss saying, you need to come to work. And we need to talk. And I went to I went from therapy straight to work and broke down in his office um, and told him I was like, "Yep, I have a problem. I'm not coming to work tonight, and I'm not coming to work tomorrow. I need to go do some stuff yeah. and get my head on straight." And he was like, "Yep, those things are all true. You're also not coming to work next week. <laughs> You're suspended without pay." Oh wow. Um, and I I I found out after the fact too. That um, if I had, I mean, it's in all likelihood if I had, if I had pushed back and said, "No, I don't have a problem. Ah, I'm fine," yeah. and I tried to get defensive, he probably would have been. All right, well, it's in, you know, you technically you, you can't fire someone for having an addiction yeah. problem. Uh, Radio is not really like that. <laughs> it is in every contract where. If we don't like how you look one day, you, you're gone. You're like dead. you can be fired without cause at any time. Wow. And uh I, I'm I've I am fairly certain if I if I had come in and been defensive and not and not been cracked like a delicate feelings egg. Totally. I probably I probably wouldn't be in in radio anymore. Uh, and I still and I still am now. I'm working in a different city in a you know different format and life is very different, but it's still the way I kind of fly my trade, I suppose. Wow.
2: That's wild, man. And it sounds like your boss, you know, they have rules they have to follow. Obviously most employers do, but it sounds like, uh, he was pretty empathetic in the moment to give you. He was
0: unbelievable. That's amazing. I, uh, I owe so much. Um, uh, yeah, I still, um, owe so much to, uh, to him. Um, cause it would have been really, really, really easy for him to go. Cause I had been in trouble like five or six times that year already for all stuff that was related to drinking, mm-hmm. even though that like, he didn't really find out that drinking was the cause. Right. Um, so yeah, I was on, I was on thin ice anyway. Like it was, it was bad. It was, it was, um, it was bad. And I know, I know for a fact, some people in the company wanted to just be like, no, cut them loose. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. And, uh, and from what I understand, he, um, one of the first things he did is said, Hey, that he wanted to help me get help. If I was, if I was willing.
2: That's so, that's, sick, so man. that's cool to hear. Cause there's a lot of employers that, you know, they follow the textbook, they follow policy and procedure to a T. Yeah. But they don't have that empathy, right? They, you know, and I hate to say this, I I'm an employer too, and I've been in management, blah blah blah. But it's like when you really are there for the employee and you want to see them get the help they need, you know, you're following the textbook, but you're also you give a shit.
0: Yeah, and he really did, and he didn't have to. But he really did. <laughs> Dude, that's that was amazing. Yeah, that was that was one of the kind of big moments thereafter, but, you know, cause sorry, I, there was a point to the story. Um, fuck, uh, sorry, my legs <laughs> it's, all good. it's all Um, good. It's <laughs> all good, uh, but I, when I first got clean, I, 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 you know, got your coins for your days. Yeah. Um, I gave, I gave him, I went into his office after three months and I was like, Hey, like, I, I know you could have fired me, like, but I'm doing, I'm trying, I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. <laughs> And and so I, I gave I gave him my my three month coin.
2: No kidding.
0: Um, and he actually texted me this year because he had he had just moved. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he texted me out of the blue. And was like, hey, just I found I found the coin you gave me, and you know I wanted to see how you were doing. How are things? And uh, it was funny because I didn't recognize the number because he had moved provinces and so it had changed. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, when he me who he was i was like oh my god holy shit great wow. i'm doing good i'm still 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 sober and still working so oh man
2: <clears throat> there's moments in this studio over the three seasons here where i get goosebumps and that's one of them right it's like he really did care
0: yeah oh yeah big time Oh wow, big, big time and he you know i i um you know, I'm, I'm getting clean change in my life in so many ways. I mean, it. uh, you know, you talk about the harm that alcoholism can do. It, it, it me my marriage. Yeah. Um, me it, too. It, yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, it, and it's funny because with my, with my marriage, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't realize that it cost it until almost two years after I got sober. Wow. Which was which was interesting.
2: What, what what do you mean by that? Like <clears throat> you didn't so, alcohol wasn't uh, yeah. in your mind like to blame for your divorce.
0: Um. Well, I'm kind just of, sort of so you know for for some backstory, like my uh my my ex partner is a wonderful human being, yeah. but she went through a lot of alcohol related trauma as a kid. Um. You know, her dad drank himself to death when she was fourteen. Oh my goodness, man. So, A, of course she didn't up with a drunk, right? Like, that's just how that works. Yes, yep. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that became really hard, and I remember because I, I hit my one-year sobriety uh, in the pandemic, and so I had an online birthday meeting, um, and uh, it was very cool. Um, and I walked downstairs afterwards, uh, and I asked her to, you know, come watch. Um uh, <laughs> And I walked downstairs and she was like just shattered and having an awful time. And I'm, you know, freaking out, wondering what's going on. Um, And she had, and she had said that her dad had never gotten that far.
2: Holy smokes.
0: And so, you know, it came a thing with us that, you know, every time like I had had a moment in sobriety, you know, she, we couldn't talk about it because it just, it set off and we couldn't, and we couldn't go to therapy about it because there was, just so much pain for her to go through, mm-hmm. um, that even, you know, I, I had, I had been, I had been let go from my, my old radio job in Calgary cause the pandemic happens. And then I was offered the job by, or a version of the job I have now up here in Edmonton. So the, the whole kind of idea and plan was for me to be up in Edmonton during the week and then come home to Calgary on the weekends. And that was cause of the, cause frankly, the money was too good to say no. yeah And, um, you know, when I, when I kind of knew things were over as she had said something along the lines of, Oh yeah. When you're, when you're up at Edmonton alone, I get, I get worried that, you know, every night you're going to get bored and go to a bar. And I was yeah. like, uh, if this is how you think now, like there's no trust here. And this is, and you clearly have some stuff that, cause I'm not your dad. I'm yeah, not. For sure. And, it's... and you have stuff that, that you're not ready to work on. And, for my own sobriety, I can't, I can't be a part of this anymore. Wow. And, uh, that was really hard and it was, yeah, almost two, well, more than two years after I got clean that, uh, that happened.
2: Yeah. Those are, and, yeah, dude, that's, you know, I'm glad that you shared that portion. Cause I know the longer we stay on this journey of recovery, I find, you know, things become more clear. It takes a lot of time sometimes for them to fall into place so that we can recognize holy smokes this is what had to happen for me to realize this is the damage i caused
0: oh it's it's nuts i mean i frankly i only realized this year that that my relationship with my uh with my little brother is 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 probably permanently harmed Wow. like racial all my siblings is great except for my little brother yeah and uh that was a hard kind of realization because we just we don't really have a relationship anymore and a, and, a, and a big part of it is how I is how I treated when I was drinking and uh, you know you want to make it better and, and make your amends and and do what you can but mm-hmm. you know some for some people the harm is too much yeah. and you know you can't you can't force someone back into your life that uh, that that doesn't want to be there.
2: Yeah. Sometimes the damage that we caused is just too much to look past, right? Or get over.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's hard. Um, and that's, that's not, you know, it's not it's so, it's uh, such a delicate way to phrase it. I don't want to say it's not, it's not anyone's fault. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause blame is, is such a finicky thing because especially when you get a few years in, you're literally a different human being.
2: <laughs> Isn't that the truth?
0: like some so you know so many of the core source points you there but 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 the down like the base of how you treat other people is probably so dramatically different in sobriety than when it was when you were in active addiction it's it, it, it's like building a relationship from scratch when you're you know already half in the quicksand in a lot of ways <laughs>
2: it's quicksand that
0: that, you know a former version of you made but still there
2: yeah wow that's a cool way to phrase it and you're right that quicksand analogy is so true and we made it that way right now it's trying to rebuild yourself while you're still up to your your belly button in quicksand trying to you're right and trying to get your way out of it but it's a process and it takes a long time
0: well that's that's the that's the thing especially I, i think about when i um if I meet people that are, that are pretty new, yeah. um, I like, I, I don't talk, I don't talk about, um, really, especially when I meet new people, I will never talk about anything really, really spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't touch it cause I was really reticent myself for a long time. Um, I grew up a pretty militant atheist and that and I hung on to that for a long time. So I don't, I don't touch that from talking to someone new um, and I don't, t- and I don't talk about anything more than like a week in the future. Yeah. Cause, cause for, you know, for me, heck I still, I was, I was, um, I was on a, I was on a date last night with someone and it came up and you know, her, her partner was uh uh our former partner was, was an alcoholic and her story was very much the inverse of mine where she was I, yeah, the roles were definitely flipped and I was like, Oh boy. All right. Well, I hope this won't ruin anything. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I had to even explain that like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm this many years sober. I'm not concerned. This is, I'm very set emotionally and you know, I got to keep putting in the work to make sure I stay here. Yeah. Um, but at the same time I can't promise you that I'm yeah. never going to relapse again. Cause I can't, I For can, sure. you know, I can tell you that I'm going to be clean until midnight and then great and then tomorrow i'll start and be clean over until midnight the next day um but like that's tomorrow's problem yeah. so yeah you know it's it's i found early on that those those thought patterns were a much more constant thing um and uh they're less they're less constant now because they're more like habitual and how i try to exist yep. but you know it's the same it's the same process i just want to be i just want to not drink until midnight that's the plan
2: yeah right and that's a you know to to people on the outside who have never been down that path that you've been down or i've been down it's like it seems like a bizarre
0: goal it's like what do you mean you yeah, don't right? plan into like, the who, future we're, we're, we're grown ass man and we're just being like, yeah i'm gonna be good for another nine hours we'll see how it goes what i mean you don't plan for your future well, sort of. Yes, <laughs> no. It's it's complicated. <laughs>
2: that totally right. It's so true. And and what I like to always put it back to is right. As, as long as I stay focused today, do the work that got me to today, I'm setting myself up for a better tomorrow. But that's tomorrow, not today.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's less it's less about you know kind of dragging yourself up out of the quicksand, and and more of um. Like there's laying, uh, getting ready and like laying the ground for tomorrow's, br- I don't know why I'm into building metaphors all of a sudden, <laughs> but you're just like laying, you're laying the brick for tomorrow's pathway.
2: Yeah.
0: And you're just like, you're, you're smoothing out the ground. You're making sure it's flat. You're hoping it's not going to rain and get too weird, but you know, if it does, you adjust and, and kind of, and kind of move with the flow of the ground. Yeah. Um. But you're still going to lay that next brick at some point. So
2: for sure. and and. Completely hope you don't drop one on your foot.
0: Yeah, that's the idea. And then when you do, it's fine and embarrassing and okay, cool. Now we move on.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. And that it's such a cool metaphor, actually, because you drop that brick on your foot, right? You hit those slippery slopes in recovery. You have a couple choices. One is to, you know, a couple curse words and you you move on, you learn from it and you, you put it to bed, right? You put a band aid on it, you move on, and keep doing your work. Or you say, fuck it. I am not qualified to do this job anymore. I'm going to drink it.
0: Yeah, and yeah, throw yeah. it to the wind, or, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've, I'm I'm lucky. I've never. It's it's funny. Like for my with my relationship <laughs> with alcohol and uh, and drugs, it's never. I'm never worried when when things are really hard and shitty. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I'm never worried about that. And that's that's, you know, like my my. I grew up with a lot of trauma. Grew up with some really weird living situations, yeah. like. I'm never worried when things are bad. When I am at my most vulnerable and most like susceptible to like the 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 cunning, baffling, powerful part of alcohol.
2: Yeah.
0: Is uh is is when things are great. Ah celebration. and I'm, re- and I'm really close to that like, you know, you want the contentment when you're when you're it's when I'm in like the kind of chill happy zone and everything feels, feels good and great. And like, I'm all proud and happy. That's when, that's when things are, are most dangerous for me. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I find when I'm in that zone, if I ever get there, it's, I always, I always have to take a sec to kind of stop and think where, where is this happiness kind of coming from? What is this feeling? Mm-hmm. And, and how far away is it from contentedness? Because I think I think the search for contentedness and 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 that kind of serenity are really really close together.
2: Yeah,
0: um, and and really kind of feed off one another nicely. Where it's very different from like feeling happy or joyful or whatever. It's just it's just being really comfortable. The contentedness and serenity for me are feeling very comfortable that things are how they should be. Right. And if I'm in the zone of everything's awesome, whose fault is it? (laughs) Probably me. Okay. All right. Take a couple of steps back here, friendo. Where is it? Like how much of this is actually stuff that, that, that is your quote unquote fault and how much of it is, you know, you are being at peace with the world and figuring out like where that balance is.
2: Dude, that's so so cool. That's, you know, I, by trade now I'm an addictions counselor and I, I think about those Pieces all the time in different terminology and whatnot, right? But it's that present moment piece, right? Get present in the moment is what I'm hearing from you is, you know, check in, where is this coming from and doing that internal piece, that work, you know, and being present with yourself, understanding that I'm headed this way. I got to take those two steps back and figure this shit out. Why am I here? Where is it coming from? And if I don't do that, where is it going?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because for, you know, for me, you know, one of my big ones is my, my, my ego will take over and be like, everything's good because of you. that's, that's, that's the danger zone for me. For sure.
2: You move over, Graham. I got this.
0: (laughs) Hello. I'm yourself. I'm doing great.
2: Let me show you something. (laughs) It's so true. And I know early on, like, well, I don't want to say early on, but about that three, four year mark. My brain could tell me those things too. And it was those pieces that you just shared that I had to really start doing. And it wasn't something I dreamt up. My therapist at the time talked about present moment and checking in with yourself. Where are these feelings coming from? Don't just say them, label them. Don't do that, right? Actually, where are they coming from? And what are these feelings? Label them and then decide where they come from. Run it past somebody who's maybe in your trusted circle because... Once again, my crazy brain can tell me certain things to make oh, me yeah, do yeah. certain things. And, and that's all part of the work. You know, you sound like you're doing continuous work on yourself. And one of the things I hear all the time is, well, what's this work you guys always talk about doing the work? And I'm like, well, this is the work, right? Like doing yeah. these things you're talking about, what I'm talking about. It's not just the light switch and there now I'm good.
0: Yeah, well, even you know, I uh, even you know deeply love having people close to me who will like on a on a very regular basis will be like, hey, what are you what are you grateful for today?
2: Yeah,
0: because um, if I don't remember, it, because I'm I got the ADHD brain, I get distracted when there's a squirrel. It's a very exciting squirrel. And I'm gonna just take off
2: shiny penny. Um,
0: having <laughs> having someone go, hey, what are you grateful today? uh, grateful for today is such a nice kind of grounding thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and cause, cause it instantly resets you. So what am I grateful? I'm grateful for, for sobriety. Um, grateful for my dog, um, having, you know, having family that can kind of help me through whatever. And then, you know, even, even being as, as silly I really, I really like getting kind of silly with, with a gratitude list. Mm-hmm. Um, even being mm-hmm. like, I'm really grateful for a good cup of coffee. Like just, just small, small, silly stuff. Cause it keeps like, it's great to be grateful for the macro things, mm-hmm. but it's like the very small little esoteric things that are again, like these little, almost like happiness nuggets yep. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that are, that are good to kind of, I find for me keeping, keeping me grounded, um, I mean, it's it's that cli- the cliche phrase is, "Oh, you gotta have an attitude of gratitude." <laughs> it's like, "Thanks, pops." <laughs> God damn it, you're right. You can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can't you, you can't be uh, you can't let your ego go too far if you're if you're constantly being like, "Oh man, that's cool, thanks."
2: Yeah, that's 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 really cool, and that reminds me of something I got away from doing. Actually, my wife and I we used that- to do. We used to do best moment, worst moment at the end of the day. You know, we'd we'd each oh, that's share. Cool. Yeah, we'd each share the best moment from our day and the worst moment, and then you know, be grateful and and thankful for the best moment, but kind of sit and discuss what the worst moment was and why was it the worst moment and what could we have done differently. And it was so cool. And for some reason, we got away from that. And I think you just turned that light switch back on for me. And I think that's something I need to get back to doing. Because yes when you start having that conversation and you start recognizing those pieces, I am, when I say they, I, you know, I mean me, but it was wild. Like to actually sit in those dark moments of my day and think, why is that so dark? And how could I have done something differently and learn from it? Right. And, Set up the next day. Set that path. That brick was really nice the next morning. <laughs>
0: totally, I, I'm really like. I have a really wonderful therapist now, um, who uh, who just uh, uh, she has this amazing amazing way of of going through. Okay, let's let's you well, she, she's so good at reading body language oh, yeah. when we're going when going through something. She'll. Because my default is if I'm in a yucky feelings place, is to like bring out a joke or make something silly yeah. or or do or 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 pull up like a, a classic defense mechanism um to like kind of throw up a little wall. Mm-hmm. And and my therapist right now is so unbelievable at going, This feels gross. I want you to hang on to it. And we're not gonna hang on to it for long. We're not we're not holding the slippery fish for the whole day, but we're just like, we just need to feel the fish yeah, and, and, and hang on and hang on to this grossness and really kind of figure out where it's coming from. Is it, is it the actual thing we're holding or is there, or is there a line or thread to something deeper that we haven't, that is just like triggering something else. yeah, And, uh, and that's, and I remember the first time, when she said, "Okay, this feels awful. Let's hold on to it, and we're going to stay here," I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm like, out. No, <laughs> I don't want. It. I don't want to stay here. Don't make me. Oh God, I can figure out what's happening. It's not the thing. It's something else. Oh, it works. Yeah, right. God, damn it. <laughs> she was right.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty cool." process, right? I've sat that same feeling where I'm like, nope, I'm not holding on to this or we're not talking about this any farther. It's really awful. And then with a little poking and prodding and and some persuasion and what I've learned to understand is motivational interviewing. Here we go. And suddenly (laughs) we're yanking on that string and suddenly we have what's at the end of it. Right. And it feels good to get there
0: it does like it's it's we call it going through the muck. Yeah. And we're going to go through the muck for a little bit and because at some somewhere somewhere the the source point of the muck will reveal itself and it can be really really hard and crummy to get there and it's not fun mm-hmm. and it's not pretty and it can crack you open like a like a delicate little feelings egg. Yeah. Um but you know there's there's something there's something kind of powerful and, um, and, and very emotionally and spiritually rewarding about, about, about getting through the garbage to figure out what, you know, some of those source points are, whether it's a source point to drinking or a source point to anxiety or, or whatever it, whatever it happens to be. Um, It's, It's a very powerful feeling to like walk out of a a session. This is why I'm I'm a huge. I mean, whether you're in recovery or not, I'm such a huge advocate for therapy. Yeah. Period. Uh, That that it it it's 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 like a workout for your emotions,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it just feels good to do.
2: Hundred percent. And and what do you think it is? I don't. I have my theories too. But why so many people? There's this stigma around seeing a therapist. You know, like uh, we'll go to a massage therapist, we'll go to a chiropractor. You go to all those things to keep your body in tune. But when they talk about let's go work on our brain and our emotions and and all these other things, let's go see a therapist. People are like, nope.
0: I have been talking. I have been. I have been talking about the stigma around therapy, literally since 2016. Because um, I, I I distinctly remember seeing a stat, and this is when I was still on the radio in Calgary. Um that uh that, that suicide rates and and just like a heads up, we're not gonna dive deep into like suicide stuff here. Right, so for sure. Don't don't freak out. Um if that puts you in a bad place, it's okay, I promise. Um the that suicide rates among young men in Calgary had gone up by by three hundred and fifty percent in in twenty and this is twenty sixteen, so a much different world than we live in right now.
2: Absolutely. This is pre um, pre pandemic
0: even. Yeah, pre yeah pre pre-pandemic pre-crazy inflation pre-housing prices all these things and and it was and so much of it came down to um or one of the theories was that um affordability was really starting to tilt especially in Calgary and um reading that stat was really upsetting to me and I and I on my radio show talked about it and like, it kind of admitted for the first time, like, yeah, I'm in therapy to handle my depression and my anxiety. And it was really, it was really kind of incredible because it opened up this, uh, this wonderful number of doors. And I ended up working with CMHA Calgary Mm -hmm. on a bunch of different anti-stigma and stigma reduction projects, basically up until I, up until the pandemic. And then I, I had moved to Edmonton afterwards. So like talking about stigma reduction, I I don't I've lost count of how many schools I've gone to to go talk and be like, "Hey, it's okay to not be okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with your brains. There's nothing wrong with with being neurodivergent. There's nothing wrong with um thinking that your brain just doesn't work like your neighbors or your classmates or your brothers and siblings. That's just it's just like a it's like a fact of of going from rain to snow. We we live in Alberta. That just yeah. happens um sometimes brains go from brain like rain to snow with no warning and that's that's fine i still think even though we've come so far um and i will say bless gen z for this so much because um they have gotten so good i think partly through nihilism uh to be honest to to really admit that like oh yeah uh, uh my brain sucks and everything's hard right now um it's it's like it's, it's getting so much better with them I know there's a lot of Millennials that are very reticent still to go see a therapist yeah. and and I genuinely think it's it's just because well you know you're just not you're just not tough enough to handle life um and and that's such a that's such a, a sad and untrue and untrue statement because yeah it is going to talk to a therapist or a counselor, is, is is absolutely no different than than going to a dentist and i say this as someone who is deeply afraid of dentists <laughs> and i don't go nearly as much as I should because they're scary they don't like machines in my mouth <laughs> but you want to put an emotional machine on my brain don't care yeah. go nuts
2: that's wild right
0: yeah it's 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 all still stigma and it's and it's i'm very excited for for the next generation of people because i've 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 spoken to young people now who are um like just in university and just casually they'll bring up oh and ah, these are my these are my brain beans
2: yeah
0: um which is such a funny way to describe meds if you if Absolutely. you happen to be on on them <laughs> uh i i it is becoming so much more normalized and and i think societally things will get there uh, but like my dad's never gone to see a therapist. He never will. Yeah. And man, he could use it. Oh my <laughs> not, gosh. Not everyone could. And yeah. uh, I, I really think it's a societal stigma thing. Where at one point it will be seen as being as just standard as going to the doctor or the dentist. But yeah. we're just not. We're just not quite there yet because there's still that kind of leftover. Oh, men gotta be men. Just go work and, and be tough. Oh right. yeah yeah Um, specifically from a a, a mask a mask (laughs) side of things i'll say
2: absolutely yeah yeah and then there's you know from a lot of that same population you're talking about that are entrenched in that stigma and and we're strong enough just work harder do these things right a lot of those individuals i was one of them just drank more
0: (laughs) yeah well my god i mean i used to it's so man it's so funny to me, that I never thought, ah, Graham, you might have a problem. When I would literally say as a joke with my friends, oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do coke or, or or smoke pot. I don't do that to get high. I do that to turn my brain into the this is your brain on drugs egg. That was that was my joke. It killed it every party I went to. And at no point was I like, wow, Graham, that sounds like you have a problem.
2: <laughs> no. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree with that. It's funny because man, I think we dating ourselves with the brain on drugs and the egg and the frying pan commercials. That's been a few oh, years since that's. Oh been my on god,
0: I, I, I said it to someone who was twenty four and no twenty. Yeah, twenty four a little while ago, and they were like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean? What? I don't know." I was like, "It was a commercial. It was it was on the same time as Astar, the War Amps <laughs> robot. Like it was." he can put his <laughs> arm back on you can't don't play ass, around farming equipment uh, star. and they're staring at me like i have 17 heads
2: absolutely i haven't thought of that or heard of that till today since the last commercial i, <laughs>
0: star.
2: I used to laugh at that robot's name
0: it was so dumb and but the animation that. was like they did their best quick side note do you remember that show reboot
2: i don't think i remember that
0: Ever? one though. Rebooter Beast Wars—they were—they were done by this company called Novana, who oddly enough I now sort of work for. No, uh, they're all part of like Full my company. circle. It's crazy. It's so weird. They—they—they um, uh, they, they developed these shows for Canadian television, um, and part of it was like, hey, the government of Canada was like, we'll give you a bunch of money to make these kids shows, but also you got to do something for the public good. Uh, and so they came up with this Astar Warhamp's campaign robot. So um, I think they brought him back for a brief revival in the mid 2000s and people were like, that creature is horrifying. We're <laughs> terrified. Please don't show this on our television. <laughs> no, bring, did. bring, bring back the house hippo instead.
2: Right. Yeah. It didn't work so well. I have uh, an acquaintance and I won't give away too much information, but we are in a support group meeting and he's a little older. Oh, my age, a little older than me. And, and he talks about how reminds me of the uh, brain on drugs ads. Cause he talks about being to seven or eight treatment centers back in the mid eighties. And he goes, I tried just saying, no, that didn't work every single time. Thanks. <laughs> thanks Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Cause it led to nine treatment centers.
0: <laughs> oh man. Look, Hey, if, if the war on drugs didn't work, So good job folks. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, It turns out people still really love drugs.
2: Absolutely. Right. And it turns out that, uh, you know, people are always going to love drugs. I think this is going to be the problem. There's no, I don't think there's a solid solution to this. It's about education. It's about, you know, building resilience in young people. It's about, Being honest, like you said at the start, right? Open and honest and checking in with yourself and figuring out why is this happening and why am I utilizing all these other outside resources to feel okay or numb things out?
0: Yeah, 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 totally. And it's funny you bring up treatment centers. That's my I don't have a lot of regrets in life or in sobriety. Like things have been, I'm a very firm believer in things will be how things will be Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Uh, But man, I had a chance to go to a treatment center that was going to be fully paid for. Wow! And, and the way it was presented to me was so harsh and negative that I was just like, no, not doing it. And, uh, and I, and I really, really wish now I had taken a little bit more time to get less wrapped up in how it, cause like cards on the table, like I had to go, I was mandated by the company to go see an addictions counselor. If I wanted, it was a condition of my employment yeah. is that I would see an addictions counselor for about a year. And, uh, the first, the first person I got was just awful. She was <laughs> terrible. I have no idea how this person continued to be an addictions counselor. Cause in her, her method was the tough love. Oh yeah sort of method yeah. uh, which was not love there was no love it was just mean
2: it was more tough it was just, shit.
0: <laughs> it was just tough and mean and and she had told me to my face like look you're you're you have you have failed at your life <laughs> we're gonna build you back up and you gotta go to rehab and you can go to Grand Prairie or Lethbridge or Cranbrook or Winnipeg pick one I was like what the <laughs> what, the, what are you talking about? No, I'm not doing any of those things. You can go to hell. Um, it was that very like early, early sobriety line. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. I still it, know what's best for me.
0: Yeah, and and it's and I called my and I, and she had she had in turn I had found out lied to me and said that my workplace had told me I had to go, which was not true. Oh wow. Um, cause I, cause I called my company's HR person. I really hope she's still the HR person there. because She was unbelievable. Um, I called her in a panic. I was like, Hey, the admissions counselor said that you guys are forcing me to go to rehab. Like if that's what's happening, that's what's happening. But at no point has anyone told me this and I don't know what to do. And, uh, and she called me on a Saturday morning and she was almost in tears um, she was like, I'm so, so sorry that this person said that to you. What we told her is that if they, if she thinks you should go, that we are willing to pay. If you want to go, you can go wherever you want. We'll cover it. You absolutely don't have to, Wow. but if you want to, we will. And, and that particular therapist took it as, well, you have to go. You're going. <laughs> And, and it's so funny because I think, I think now if I had, Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I would have said yes, but I really, I really wish it would have been presented in a different way yeah. where it was then the, Hey, your company said, you can go if you want to, you don't have to. Right. But I think you should. And here's the options you can take.
2: Totally. And
0: and I, and I really, and I really regret it. Cause I ended up going to an outpatient treatment for not long, I only went for about three days before I was like, you know what, I can just do meetings and I'll be fine. Yeah. And you know what? Ultim- ultimately, it was okay, but man, it made the first year of recovery way harder than it needed to be. Yeah. And I still really regret not not taking that chance. Right. Um. Because I know, I know now. It's so funny. I'm not like planning a relapse. I really want to make that clear. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But like, if the worst should ever happen, the first thing I'm doing is going to treatment,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and and because yeah, I think I think treatment centers get such a bad rap um, that everyone is there is this horrible screw up that that ruined their lives and and everything's bad. Where yeah. you know it's like I just actually I, I just had shoulder shoulder surgery about two and a half weeks ago, and my workplace gave me two weeks off to literally stay home, do nothing. All I've done is play Baldur's gate three. It was (laughs) great. And it was just dedicated time for me to heal. And that was so helpful Mm -hmm. and God, that was 14 days. I was, was off and man, I could have used that because my first day back at work, after I got allowed to return onto the air was the same night as my company stampede party. Oh boy. That they were having in the building while i was downstairs trying to do a radio show as i'm like white knuckle <laughs> trying not to sure. oh man. i'm just and like picturing people,
2: you sitting there <laughs> i'm picturing just it now
0: gripping the table <laughs> totally. for dear life oh and like the company stampede party was a free-for-all so i had like friends could come down Clients who I knew were all like, you know, I know you're on air, but can we sneak you a beer? No, good thanks yeah. Please leave. Yeah, right. Don't be back in a bit. Close the door.
2: That's what got me here.
0: <laughs> oh man. Like, but I couldn't I was too afraid to tell anyone. I was yeah. terrified to tell anyone, even though I'm I'm positive it was an it was an open secret in the building. <clears throat> For sure. Because like I told my co- and I and I apologize to each one of my co-workers, been like, hey, like I put you in a bad place. Like I'm really sorry this this whole thing we work at together is our baby, and you know i'm I'm not I wasn't helping, so I apologize to them, but I didn't talk to anyone else outside like the on air team about it oh wow, but fair I mean look when you uh, a drunk person on the radio is really not hard to miss. <laughs> It's pretty noticeable.
2: Is there any way I could maybe find that copy? <laughs> I'd like to hear it. No, just kidding.
0: No, I mean, oh man, I've never listened to it. All
2: right, I don't blame you. I've
0: never. I've, <laughs> I, I I were I was sitting at the light. I was sitting at Fourth and Fourth uh, uh, Avenue and Tenth Street, and I had I I was on my phone trying to pull up Cloud Logger just to see, and I. Saw the giant wall of how much I had talked compared to how much I normally do, and I could not bring myself to hit play. Wow, wow! Uh And I never have. I'm sure. I'm sure my old bosses listened to it. I know my the morning show because they had how it all happened. Is the 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 wife of of the morning show? One of the morning show hosts um, was driving around getting groceries and listening to the station. And she texted her husband, who was the morning show host, being like, "Is Graham drunk on? Is Graham drunk? Like, what's going on?" um and then i got a text and then they talked about in the morning of they listened to the show in cloud logger totally could tell that i was drunk and they were they were debating on going upstairs to tell to tell the boss that like hey this is a problem and i guess he had come down into the studio and asked like hey did you guys hear graham on the radio last night like they were like yeah we're pretty sure he was wasted he was like okay and then took off and started all the other right uh stuff after that so i was really lucky to have a very supportive workplace
2: yeah absolutely it sounds like that was a very pivotal moment in your story right you you shared with us a little bit about what it was like what was that moment what were those moments looked like you know where you had that turning point and uh, a little bit about what life is like now but if you're cool with that, share a little bit about some of the stuff you got going on now. What's life like now oh, in recovery man, like? I'm
0: I, I actually just went through a very big kind of life change uh, and job change. Um, you know, it's radio and media is a tumultuous industry. Yeah. Um, very, very tumultuous. And uh, by my old job um, that I had moved to Edmonton to do uh, no longer exists. So um, just this week, I started a new position where I'm on... I'm on the management team, which is very cool. Never in a thousand years, when I, especially in active addiction, where I ever thought that I'd be put in a place and be trusted to manage people. So wow. that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've, I've also joined the morning show, um, of our station. So, um, in a shameless self plug, if you ever happen to be listening to radio in Edmonton, uh, Chuck at 92 five, um, I'm a part of the, the morning show on that station. Um, and if this is a really wild one, if you live in Barrie, Ontario, uh, starting in a couple weeks, and this just blows my mind that someone's trusting me with this, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm the imaging voice for Big 101 in Barrie. So whenever, whenever, when you listen to the radio and hear the voice that pops up between the songs, that's not like a DJ.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, the person just tells you what the radio station is, that'll be, that's me, that's my voice. Nice. Um, which, so, so on a professional note, my career is going better than I could possibly imagine. I'm, yeah. I'm so, so lucky. Um, and even when I was first being hired, me and I talked about it openly with the, uh, with the program director who was hiring me, cause it was, you know, a pretty, uh, a pretty big story. When I first, um, I actually, on the one year anniversary of me getting clean, I recorded a video that we put on the x uh social media channels. And uh, it was just a story of literally what happened, what things were like, and you know, where we're at now. It was it was very much like a share in a group. Um, and, uh, and that video went pretty nuts. Uh, I know a lot of people across Canada saw it, especially in radio. Um, it, it was, it went around. Um, I've also since found out that a couple of teachers in broadcast schools show it to their first semester students, which is pretty unbelievable. Wow.
2: That's so cool,
0: man. Um, so yeah, like it's, 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 um, it's become an integral part of, of the story of who I am as a person. Um, you know, I make a point of mentioning on my sobriety date, if I'm doing a show, it's like, yep. Hey, just a heads up. Like. This is my life. I don't shy away from the fact that I'm an addict when I'm on the radio. If something contextually comes up, so uh, being able to talk about that and be supported, talk about that sort of thing, I think is really is really important for me now. Yeah. Um. You know, while maintaining a a certain level of coyness as to not break any rules, right? Um, <laughs> which can be rules. Well, I can, can, can we tell you? I got caught once by accident. <laughs> Because I, I talked about like oh yeah because there was a story about alcohol and I talked about it and then my the fact that I've been sober for a bit and I said something and someone texted me uh, texted the radio stage and was like I've heard that before or do you <laughs> do, do you go to a certain place and I was like oh really? crap yeah are I do
2: do are you a friend of Bill
0: and I was like yeah I go oh, yeah I yeah. am they were like I could I heard that saying I could tell <laughs> you were. Which I thought was, it was like seeing Batman, not Bat, Batman, actual Batman, but like, you someone accidentally take the mask off for a yeah, sec, for
2: sure. like no
0: one else would figure it out, no. but you know, that person did, which I thought was very funny. That's really cool, man. Um, so yeah. Like, again, like I, I, my life is so good and I have so much to be grateful for this has been a really hard year. Like buying the house has been a lot. It's been really stressful, um, you know, just trying to figure out how to function in the world as it exists right now has been hard. Um, you know, I've gone through a lot of family stuff. Like I'm, like truthfully, so I have, I have, um, I was very much raised by my oma. Um, and uh, when I moved back to Edmonton, had found out after I was home for two weeks, and we found out that her cancer had come back. Wow. And I remember. I remember thinking how what a wonderful what a wonderful gift that two weeks after I move home I find out that I have a limited time with a person that raised me and this is this is great I was meant to come home to be with her in this time and and you know she's taken a turn in the past um couple weeks and things are 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 uh, are really coming close to the end and uh god that's hard that's hard it's so um hard hard to kind of work through mm-hmm. uh but but they gave her six months when I moved home over two years ago wow and I have gotten to spend the last two years of my life I've spent more time with my Oma in the last two years than I got to in the last 12 before that because I hadn't been in Edmonton and I've been around and moving and doing radio in all these different cities and um, Uh, that's going to, that's going to be hard when that happens. Um, but I really try to remind myself every single day, how lucky that was, I got to come home at all and how, and how things lined up for this reason. And it's been a really, it's been a hard year. So much life has happened. I would like there to be less life next year and I can just exist. (laughs) Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing because that all of the goodness I have in my life is based on, on a foundation of making sure every day that I try to be a little bit better than I was the day before Mm. and a little bit more sober than I was the day before. Um, because without that as my foundation, everything else is going to go to hell.
2: Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Right. And, oh my gosh, I, I. I sit in those same moments that you're just describing, right? And those moments of gratitude and recognizing that I have to be grateful for all the challenges and all the adversity I've come through because it, I've learned so much through them and just kept adding those pieces of resilience onto my you know, into my backpack of tools, right? I'm I'm a resilient mother effer these days.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? Like that's that's so true. That's why that's why I love that's why I love spending time with drunks is cause we've all gone through so much. And we, we have, uh, we have taken on so many things, large, large parts of them self-inflicted sure. and, and, and have found a way to come out and get better and be stronger and be there, not just for ourselves, but most importantly for other people, um, coming out of it. And that's so that's, that's that's what a what a what a special cool thing that you've been a gift to be able to do mm-hmm. um cuz cuz you're never going to be able to give back what 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 recovery has given to you i'll never be able to repay that debt yeah um so i just got to do my best to try
2: dude and it sounds like you're killing it He's trying. Oh boy, he's trying. That's all we can do, right? <laughs> is tomorrow we'll get up, we'll throw our shoes on, we'll try again.
0: I'll try again and um, just yeah, be better, be better tomorrow than I was today. It's literally all I can ask for and and uh, and be and be grateful for because um, yeah, everything else will be as it will be, and ultimately I can't control that, so yeah. I can only control myself.
2: Oh my god, dude you know what? I can't thank you enough. You know, I'm full of gratitude now, A, for just getting to meet you, another like-minded individual who's living a life of recovery and sharing it with people, right? Showing people what it looks like to be in recovery. And it's okay to admit that we're not perfect. And we, yeah, we, we messed up a lot back there, but man, we're doing everything we can each day to get better and help others these days. And just for you to come on and share your story. And I know somebody out there is going to hear it and think, man, that's me. You know, those pieces that you shared today, somebody's going to resonate with it. I know it, it happens continuously and somebody will reach out. And I think it's just amazing, dude. And what you're doing today and sharing on air, sharing publicly and and trying to reduce stigma. And I think you're just inadvertently building you know, resilience in other people by sharing your story and, and giving people hope. And that's, you know, our goal here at from darkness to life is to give people hope that, you know, it's, it's adequately named It's from darkness to life. There's life <laughs> out there and there's uh there's hope in those there's darkest always, moments. There's
0: always a door open. And I'm, and I'm such a firm believer in that now. Um, there's there's always a door that you can take to try to make your life a little bit better, and a lot of times, you know, someone might have to help you open that door too, and uh, and that is not a sign of of weakness. That is not a sign that you're not good enough. That is that is just a sign. This is one of my favorite one of my favorite like I, I call it like a Gen Z thing because I'm pretty sure it is. One of my favorite like weird little Gen Z phrases is that oh, I'm just a little guy. I'm just doing my best. I'm just a little guy. And and that's I love that phrase so much because we're just that's literally what we are. We're just little people trying to figure things out mm-hmm. with, with whatever our challenges are. So um thank you for the kind words. That that means so much. I really that really does mean a lot. I'm trying not to cry. Oh dude. I'm fine. Um <laughs> and um yeah, thanks for all the work that you're doing. Cause yeah, podcasts like this, stigma reduction, like just being God, this never stuff like this didn't exist. No, like ten years ago. (laughs) And you know, talking about mental health is getting a lot better. Talking about alcoholism is getting a lot better. It's you know not quite there yet. It's you know we'll get there, and that's and that's fine. And I'm I'm very grateful that um, you folks are helping a lot because yeah, this is this is big stuff for a lot of people. It's big, it's heavy, and um, to make it not heavy means a lot.
2: Wow. I could not agree more, man. Like it is heavy, but it's so important because like you said, it wasn't being talked about when, you know, when we were growing up and if somebody hears this and things resonate with you, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to reach out. It's okay not to be okay. Like you said earlier, right? And there's things we can do about that. We just got to take that first step. And that's really the only step you have to do on your own. Once you have some support, things get a lot easier. Is it perfect? Absolutely not but you don't have to do it alone.
0: Yeah. And if you stumble and if things get weird, that's cool. Again, yeah. that's the point of falling off a wagon is it is full of other people to kind of help you back up and it'll help you on there in the first place. You so did.
2: I love that. I'm going to steal that from you, but I will give you credit in the footnotes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Go nuts. Don't care. I've, I, I'm sure I actually stole it from someone too. So
2: absolutely. Who <laughs> well, brother, I, uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing this powerful story. And, uh, we're going to be praying for your Oma.
0: I, uh, that, that means a lot. Thank you.
2: Absolutely, Thank man. I, whew, good thing Dave's got tissue in the studio. I don't know if you have <laughs> any, but I got some right here. Dude, I know what it's like, right. And, and like you said earlier, I, you know, I don't want to dig back into it, but you're present in these moments and you got to spend the last two years with her. And And if you were still out doing what you were doing before, that wouldn't have been possible
0: oh god even you know even when i i i remember the first time she said how that she was proud of me after after i got clean that broke me shattered me and it still it still does even if like something comes up and i break up sobriety and she'll she'll still mention it and it uh gets every time oh boy well
2: what are these things on me these are feelings they're gross hold that fish a little longer graham hold that fish buddy
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can't,
2: can't <do. laughs> Thanks, Ryan. awesome man well I think this is a good time to wrap this episode up and uh, I just yeah I can't thank you enough for coming on dude it, it was it was a great pleasure of mine to get to know you and uh, I feel like this will be a you know something that I'll take forward with me and, and I'm going to stay in touch with you dude I, I love to have people i love that, that. that'd
0: be a lot of fun I really love
2: that 100% man we will stay in touch, and uh, you, yeah, just keep killing it up there, buddy.
0: Okay, take, take care, pal. Talk down the road.
2: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Graham.
1: From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the real stories of people who've triumphed over the many challenges of life's journey. If you or a loved one needs support, please reach out to OurCollectiveJourney.ca. Our commitment is to empower you to build resilience as you journey towards recovery. Consider showing your support by donating online at OurCollectiveJourney.ca. Hosted by members of Our Collective Journey. Produced by Rob Pate. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Proekshay. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive.